Sound. Don't verbal me, Beasley. Never heard you talking about me. Talking fucking smack. <laughs> hey, how great is it that Manly are so stupid they managed to get themselves caught in, a, in the on the M1 oh. between Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast on the Friday before a school holidays? How fucking stupid do you have to be to be trying that shit on? I wondered whether I should just back out quietly and let you and Adam um, r- record a, a, a live commentary of the game just sleep no, on each other because for- <laughs> South will fuck it up and lose and then I'm never going to hear the end of it I'll have to never go back to Australia which is probably a lot a lot probably of okay, yeah. side of the country your mic's definitely not plugged in somebody Man. has to kill the moment there's always somebody I was just looking at your tweet and it said play is delayed by 15 we- minutes and I'm like oh, I've been in that traffic before yeah 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 I'll be there in 15 minutes an hour and a half later <laughs> they're going to be days. If they're in like that full spec, like they're in fucking Caboolture and they have to get to Caloundra kind of stuff, it, they could be fucking weeks. They might have to take a pack lunch. They'll start eating the fucking be, the eight like, man um, if, if shit doesn't turn out. Like I played pl- plenty of 6.30 games at Whites Hill where traffic's been bad and you basically kitted up in the car and, you know, you <laughs> first up onto the field tying your shoelaces as you run along. Could be, could be some of those actions. Mm, absolutely not. If that, if someone will have the bright idea to try and rag it out the back of Mount Me or somewhere that will, you know, to try and try to find find a back way of getting there. So, who, who's more stupid though, Manly or the Minnesota Timberwolves? Um, I don't know whether the Timberwolves are cretins or whether they're just following good HR, because if half of what has been said about Gerson Rosas is true. He's a creepy scumbag who um, stopped his underling from actually being able, being able to go and find another job, which is legally possible, but is absolutely not the thing you do in the NBA. If you, uh, somebody under you wants to go and get another job, you don't sort of stand in the way of it. Yeah, okay. The, the other part of that is... But you're, you're pro-creepy scumbags who, oh, who, who no, I'm not, bang uh, their underlings? No, not, not pro, but I can understand the dude who wanted to go sideways just for more money. A week before the draft. It was sideways, it was up. No, no, same job, more pay. Uh, well, there's no such thing as the same job in the yeah. NBA because every job, every job is like the job title like, is different so, everywhere. Like our podcast job titles, we just say whatever we like. Yeah, yeah, no, senior I, Imagineer of craft beer, but, sort of thing. But my my biggest thing with it was they would have known this shit. 10 weeks ago, 12 weeks ago. They just didn't suddenly, yeah. someone didn't just drop. It is weird that it just suddenly, yeah. it suddenly the arse dropped out of it. Yeah. Um, I get, I, you know what I reckon it was? It was because they found out that Krasinski and, Sh- and Shams yeah. were about to drop, drop a story on it and they went, we have to get out in front of this. And good, you know, good franchises don't have that happen. They either, like, back their dude or they get rid of their dude a lot earlier. I don't, I don't know. You mean, like, the Suns sacked Ryan, Ryan McDonough after he had that whole fucking story about the, the, the goat shit. We're still not a good organisation. We're masquerading as a good organisation and everyone's like, James Jones, isn't he great? I'm like, Robert Sarver is a ticking time bomb. Just wait. It's it's almost Just as though there are no good organisations. There's only good, op- good, good situations. 
Well, how much would Golden State be regretting not trading Andrew Wiggins for Ben Simmons, who will at least be able to play games this season at home? Well, I mean, I'm, I, what I, what I'm reliably informed, Ben Simmons, Simmons is absolutely rubbish and, you know, isn't even yeah. worth a second-round pick. So um, thanks, American Basketball Twitter. Mm, yeah. Anyway, this isn't a sport podcast. This is a music podcast. I think that just was a sports podcast. <laughs> I think, I think this this will this will end up on the end of of a, of a music podcast. Yes, time is a flat circle. We, we are the Matrix Four. Oh, good. No, we're the Matrix Two because there were no sequels. To <laughs> Very good. As I think, even even the Wachowskis have figured yeah, they've out re- that they've retconned that pretty well. well let's they? just retcon the shit out of those two and just go. Just, uh, there was some unpleasantness. Yeah. We can never go back. Handy wavy, handy wavy. Oh, that was a. That was a timeline that didn't work out. Let's go back to the end of... So, far as they know, the thing just ended with fucking... Just the Matrix chucking zero, zero, zero errors and a whole lot of fucking Rage Against the Machine giving it wake up. Uh, and that's that's where we rejoin our heroes. Uh, in the Matrix 2. <laughs> if, you're, if you're really ballsy, that's what you'd call it, wouldn't you? Just call it Matrix 2. Yes! The Matrix 2.1. <laughs> Uh, Please download the patch. There may have been some uh, yeah. some problematic versions that were downloaded a few years ago. Uh, beta software is always buggy. Well, the problem is the sort of people who get into this sort of stuff often are betas. Hey, this might be the most enjoyable week of music across the board. I, w- I was going to say... In the history of music, well, are you saying? Are you in, saying there's never it, been three albums that have been better than these three albums that we've done. I think there's been three better albums, definitely. But has the, have we had a week where we've had, or I, I, this is my opinion, that, that this week was the the floor was the highest and it was still a pretty high ceiling, I guess. So what you're saying is that you enjoyed all three of these I albums did. and you're asking me whether I enjoyed all three of these albums. Bezo, I enjoyed all three of these albums. Yeah. I, you are probably correct, and we we have we have rarely had a week, and there'll be a week if we went back and checked the records that that we that we hit all three, but we hit all three this week. Yeah, yeah. and it I'm wasn't so, as and- though we were dealing with three albums that were the same. We had no. a, a disco banger, a funk infused uh, golden era hip hop album, and we had some meaty ass fucking Toreo metal. Yeah. Three, yeah, three very very different. Um- well, two of them were a bit closer to each other than, than the others. I mean, are the weaponry and Andy Cooper are basically the same thing, really, aren't they? <laughs> yes. Yeah, just one one screams and one raps. Just Otherwise, they're pretty much da- the, pretty much the same thing. Basically, raps versus angry teenagers <laughs> ranting in Toreo. You know, it's the same thing. Well, look, the, the thing that um does link all three is, as an experience of each artist, I feel like there's a little bit more subtlety and light and shade to each album than some of their previous works. So Alien Weaponry was just like straight out raw power. You know, it was like a like a like a V8 that had you know just basically disconnected everything except the the motor and the and to, to the straight to the tires and it just had no subtlety at all. It was just, you know, full on power. And this one, I wouldn't say I had no subtlety, but I would say that they were more focused. I yeah, felt like yeah. they honed, honed what they wanted to be down a bit. Yeah. Um, there was less, because um, one of the things I, I didn't like quite as much about the last Bailey McRae album was they faffed off into kind of emo, new metal kind of stuff, which, you know, for people you know, 10, 15 years younger than us is, is the genre they grew up with, but I think is the worst shit. 
but um, no, this was this felt much more contained and focused, and, and they they kind of you know like like concentrated raids. They knew exactly what they were trying to achieve, and, look, and exactly what they were trying to uh, punch out against. And um, and yeah, there were fucking riffs in this. There were there was riffs, and there were, then there were some more riffs. And then, then if you're lacking riffs, guess what? There's more riffs. But it, it just didn't feel like a. There's definitely balls to the wall song, but there's there's a little bit of. I suppose the last album had a little bit of that, you know. Oh yeah, it had, hop, it had hold, and shake, hold your breath it, and, it did, and then go. Yeah. But this, I don't know. This felt like it had uh, like a little bit of slap bass in parts. A little bit of it just just a bit of something extra that they were sprinkling on. It seemed like they were trying a few more things. Yeah, I thought. Um, I think this is a better album than two. Um, two. I never figure out how to say you with a with a fucking Mac one over it. I've got I've got the. Yeah, as, as the white guy who moved here, I'm trying, but I'm not necessarily succeeding to figure out how to do this. Yeah, well, what, um, when we were when I was looking at oh, what what am I going to pick for my favourite song for this album? And I'm going, well, let's pick Dad because at least I can pronounce that one. <laughs> we're going for Ahika. Actually, I think it's Ahika, which is the one the one with the um, the quote that you, know, you can hear um, Queen Elizabeth II yeah. on a very early trip to to. I'm guessing maybe for the Empire Games or something or something a long, long time ago. Uh, saying, you know, I'm so at home here in, in Auckland because we've thoroughly fucked it up for the brown people. It sounds, it does sound like a parody, doesn't it? Yeah, it literally. Yeah, it, it, she ends up sounding like everybody who's ever done an impression of it. Um, yeah, what a what a cracking album. What a cracking album. It, it what a fucking a tour de force, a statement of you know even. I feel like even more so than the previous album because they've had lots of time to think about it and they've just kept polishing it and sharpening it and and it's a blade. You know, it's like one of those one of those, you know, ornamental swords that someone has spent so long grinding down and polishing and and it is exactly what it's intended to be. There's there's no um, there's no no faff and no fluff. It's just a fucking meaty ass um, metal album now I didn't have the same experience that I did last time because last time I hadn't even conceived of the sound yeah um, it was just a huge punch in the guts yeah but, but it was much more up and down it was uh, the peaks were very high but there, there were tracks in there that kind of didn't um, didn't linger as long uh, although I think I think I think um, you might have had it as your second or third Great album of the year, anyway. I mean, this was what, 2017, 2018, something like that. It was quite a few years ago. Now. So, what they'd be, what, 22, 21, 22 now? I don't even, yeah, they'd, they'd, be, they'd be around their 20s. Yeah. They'd be around their 20s. So, which is like, there's, you know, four years when you're 30 is not that much of a deal, but four years when you're 17 is a massive deal. There's a, there's yeah. a big change in your life yeah. experience there. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is they didn't do what, what say, Silverchair did in the same period, which is to become, you know, a, an emo act. They've, def- they've become even anything less emo and more activist and angry and, and shouting shit and, and um, you know, trying to fucking uh, get some points across. So, where shall we go next? Oh, just... So, what was your best track, your favourite track off, off that album was? Oh, I actually think there was a lot was of There was a lot of bangers. Tang- Tangaroa, I think. Is... Tangaroa's a good yeah. track. Atapatu. Um... If you really need a, an English language track, Blinded is really good. Uh, it seems to be the one that's been played the most, which I'm not sure if that was an early single or whether that's just because it's, it's one of the ones that's in that's in English. Um, but yeah, they're um, they're they're a fucking media ass media ass operation. So shouts to them. Where shall we go next? 
Oh, okay. Let's go jungle because yeah. Um, my my standard experience with jungle and this sort of played out this time was I listened to it the first time and I go, oh, this is a bit disappointing. It's not quite as good as the last one or what I expected uh, after the first one because I love the first one. But the first one I sort of came into through the singles and then, you know, I sort of loved three or four tracks before I even listened to the album in full. This one I had a couple of quick listens to when it came out and then went, oh, let's save it for the pod and then parked it, it like parked it in my brain until this week. And I think that really helped me uh, get into it a lot quicker than I had with the previous ones. I definitely think this is better than the last album. I think this is a lot more uh, consistent. The songs that, like, the, 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 there's not as many sort of fluffy songs in it. And yeah. even the, like, the... Um, I found it a, a lot like early Hermitude, actually. Dry Your te- Tears is very Speak of the Devil. And then the, the one where they've got the rapper... Sounds like you know Hermitude when they were mixing that dance with with all the guys from the herd. I don't know. It, I, I found it just an absolute joy to listen to from start to finish. It's a bit more disco than than previous. Uh, I found like this was the first in the past when I've listened to Jungle albums. It's been uh, my feelings have been kind of yeah yeah this is good, um, but they never really sat with me very much. So it's like yeah, okay this is kind of disposable pop but I actually understood what the appeal was with this album because it just it maybe it was just that I'd listen to it more and it actually managed to you know imprint yeah. itself upon me I, I, but it I, is a it's just fucking enjoyable bangerdom yeah the, the I do find that it grows on you it's, it's a bit earwormish and, and it yeah. and, you know you end up like walking around humming yeah you're like sitting around walking down the street and there's like a it's like fucking and that, that kind of very jungly falsetto mo- melody vocal just sort of pops into your head and there'll be some kind of sli- slightly sort of strutting it's incredibly disco I mean this is 1976 yeah, there's nothing absolutely. nothing new about it but they just they just know what inspires them and they just do it exceptionally well really really well and they've got obviously and this is a particularly good example of what they do they've obviously got really good musicians that are playing on the album you know their live stuff's supposed to be awesome because they, you know, get a big band of people that know how to play their shit and do it that way. But the the one that sort of got me, which is uh, the fire into talk about it, which is just this. Um, it sequences together very yeah, well, doesn't it? Just, it almost feels like a live set in that yeah. way, in that, that it has little, it has little, I won't say lulls, but it has moments where they bring the energy down and let the crowd. Sort of get their bearings and then pushes them back up again. I mean, it's not it's not like a high energy dance, fucking boiler room mosh pit kind of set, yeah. but it's very. Um, but it do, it does have a a way it controls its energy very very well in that in that context. Yeah, I think this is a, a five a.m. or five p.m. sort of album. It's either early in the morning when you're you're running on fumes or or early in the afternoon as you it's, as it's you a kick nine it o'clock off. at a ha- at nine o'clock house party it's it's you know just as things are starting to get interesting yeah that that but then again by nine o'clock I'm starting to think about bed because that fire into talk about it transition uh, I was listening to I just put a random playlist on Spotify and the drive home from holidays and and uh, it had a fair bit of and, this and album. And then got, got caught in a traffic jam on the on the Sunshine Coast with the with a manly bus. Uh, 
and fire came on and it didn't transition and I was like, fuck, you can't do that. You can't break them up. That's a each song makes each other better. Was, yeah. How dare random play yeah, be, random. be random? That's unacceptable. Mm. So Mr. Cooper, Mr. Prolific. Did- Mr. Andy Cooper, who can't be told to stop. Uh, can't stop, won't stop. Uh, I did. Has done, has produced another listen. Um, it's a, maybe maybe it's, that's not entirely correct, but uh, given that Listen was one of my top five albums of last year, I really enjoyed Listen. I know this, this is late career and this, in your view as a, as, a, as a fan of Ugly Duckling in period, all of this must look like kind of post-peak, you know, it's nice that he can do a nice album, a nice track here and there, but this is nothing like what they used to do, but... It's um yeah. This this is this is another album of, of really good stuff, and he might as well keep making it if he's going to keep being good at it. Look, the first couple of tracks, I definitely had that opinion. I was like, oh, this would be even better with like it. I, I find with him, I like it when he's got someone that he's bouncing off. Just yeah. but vocally, because I think he bounces off people really well, but also to give that contrast to his voice. But he wasn't giving that that kind of machine gun. As much, no. that kind of thing where he just rattles it. Again. He kind of used it a bit sparingly. There was only like one or two, or two, maybe two or three tracks out of ten where he was given that really fucking helter skelter, skippity skippity, fucking almost on the Scatman level vocal gymnastics, uh, which he can do, but it doesn't mean necessarily that he should do it all the time. But I got to mellow out, and I was like, it was an interesting uh, change of pace. Mellow out. It was kind of an indication that this album is a little bit more. Was a little bit more chill than, than listen in terms on balance. Yeah, and I was like, "Hang on, these beats aren't Ugly Duckling beats. They sound a bit like Ugly Duckling beats, but they're actually a lot more funky, and they're uh, probably a bit more groovy as well. Like, yeah, Ugly Duckling always had this sort of sense of humour, and their beats were, almost had this sense of playfulness. Whereas this is way more funky and. The dude just must love writing beats, unless he's got someone else writing beats for him. But it, it almost well, seems no, like I, th- I think he's, I think he's the, and I can probably check this. Um, I think he's the primary. I think he's the only primary um, producer as well. Writer. Well, that's the thing about uh, the nice, the nice thing about Spotify. It'll tell you who wrote the fucking music. Um, but yeah, you, there was a, a lyric in one of the tracks. I think it was Hot Pursuit or um, or, or the Connection. Where he talks about somebody being like they're at a seventies cop show, and there's quite a, half this album sounds like music from a seventies cop show. There's a real kind of seventies funk soul um, feel to it, uh, that, but that was present in Listen, but it wasn't the overwhelming um, sort of the the deriding um, theme. But yeah, it's all uh, written by surprise, surprise, Andrew Cooper. Performed by Andy Cooper, mm. written by Andrew Cooper. I do love how um, the credits on Spotify always give the formal name, like performed by the artist's name, but written by and then the formal name. It's like, what's the new uh, the new guy for the Denver Nuggets? Bones Highland. And it's like, pretty yes. sure you weren't named Bones, dude. But anyway, and he yes. gave this really cool interview about where he got the name from. And it's like, well... Fair enough. If if someone nicknamed me Bones, I'd probably run with that for the rest of my life as well. Why the fuck not? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Little Sims, for example. You know, it's kind of performed by Little Sims, written by mm. Dean Josiah. Cover yeah. Symbiotu Ajikawa, produced by Inflow, who is Dean Josiah. Cover. Mm. Uh, 
yeah, look, it's been a it's been a cracking couple of weeks as far as I'm concerned. Um, rest of the year could be downhill right. from here. <laughs> Should we just wrap it up and go to straight into our top five? There's got to be more. There's always more. Always waiting for the next one. That's true. That's true. Um, who won the week? <laughs> That's a fucking really tough question. Well, I had oh, two I think, picks, so that so you know, yeah, I, th- I think I think you won the week just through. That's uh, oh, my turn. She forced the numbers, but um, given that one of those picks was just a throwaway because she had, I, I was mistakenly thought she had's album was was out, and it wasn't. Um, no, you have it. Well, unless you don't have one, in which goes. Uh, oh, I do. Actually, but, I did. Uh, I did see one that might be good as a joker. Yeah. Um, okay. Because it is thirty years. To the day, today in America, since a tribe, a tribe called Quest's oh, uh, new yeah. uh, Low End Theory was released, and I saw yeah. ironically Questlove. Um, well, not be ironically. I'm not actually sure how he got his name. That might be why. Um, was tweeting about it and mentioned that uh, it was it was exactly 30 years since that album came out, and kind of river. It's also 30 years to the day since Nirvana's Nevermind came out, but. Um, Pretty sure we've got. Yeah, that that, that might be fun as a Joker album, or I might just have mentioned this so people are aware of it. Yeah, no, let's let's do that because it's been a while since I've I've had a listen to that. So, and what have you got? Well, I've for never a, actually listened to it. So, what have you got for us that is new? Fuck, I don't know. That makes me have to actually have to check my notes. I was just doing that to buy myself some time. Um, let's go with. Fuck, I should make these decisions before I actually <laughs> get on the podcast, shouldn't I? Well, I, I'm sort of, I you know chewed through this these weeks where I was like, I've got these albums, I've got them all, I've got them all sorted. We, did, we burned them all last week. That's the problem. We just I, burned so many of them last week. And I just checked my, like, uh, shortlist playlist and it is empty. I was like, oh, dear. Hmm. Um, so you were trying to buy time by getting me to pick something. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Rudimentals Ground Control because one of my best mates loves this band and we did their last one, didn't we? We've done at least one of them. Yeah, and I, I, to be honest, I couldn't tell the difference between them and Hermitude and a whole bunch of other bands. I think that might be because Hermitude and them were on something something together, and I got very confused. So let's the whole thing just baffled let, me. Let's give that a try, and I'll I'll see if I can understand it. Ah, <sighs> ground control. It's called to Major Tom. Mm-hmm. Has it? I will go with the album with an album by Chubby and the Gang, who I think are kind of. Sort of Cockney, rah rah, fucking, you know, jump up and down kind of musicians, but we'll we'll sort of see how it works. I have- the annoying thing is that I did spend a few hours today, sort of, sort of listening to all of my release radar and my Discover Weekly and all that sort of shit, and I could not find anything that I would definitively say yes, take that and run with it. I did. I did. Um- <laughs> When I opened the Andy Cooper album, I did read the first track wrong. I got the words a little bit mixed up, and I was like, "Wow, it's that sort of album, hey?" Andy Cooper's gone all uh, all sexy on us. Eyes open, legs legs moving yep. the other way around. Yep. But he he did do that album that that album with um, that soul singer last uh, last time out, and I have to say this worked much better because um, it didn't feel like he was trying to insert himself and his raps. Into a very small window mm. that he kept trying to prise open. He wasn't busting through the wall like the Kool-Aid man, giving it, you know, hey, I'm Andy Cooter around the head to say, I like to rap in a rapping way. <laughs> Do you know, I really liked that album until you you did the that 
to me, and now I can't listen to it. <laughs> I'm sorry. But the thing is that Without Anakin of- does those kind of raps. Yeah, yeah. He does. He is extremely dad rap areas, but he can carry it off yeah. because he's a very attractive looking man and he's very cool and he's probably rich and he can do this sort of stuff whereas if you and i did it it really would come across as uh i i'm a i'm a sad white dad and i'm here to say that i'm fucking lame in every way well the the dude just is like prince level uh prolific though at this stage isn't he he uh he has more time than he should for somebody of his age yeah and he's obviously just like well here's another one (laughs) yeah have at it well, yeah, that's three albums this year because he did an he did an album of, of playing with his organ earlier in the year, and yeah. then he did the album with um, I've forgotten the name, but the the solo artist that we did in mid year, and he's he's done another basically a sequel, what feels like a sequel to Listen uh, from last year, in term in turn style uh, at least. Um, what else? What's yeah. the rest of Ugly Duck doing? Yeah, well, I I have had a bit of a look around, and I can't. I can't find out what the other two. Maybe they've got families. Maybe they went went away and had families, and he's like, "I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do the uh, the uh, single person thing and just keep recording stuff until Remember you guys can come back." They're um, just outsourcing content to him. I, I I couldn't see like any breakup stories or you know antagonism between any of the members. So it just seems like they've either you know couldn't be asked doing it anymore or doing other things. I'm guessing they're probably our age. I would say, yeah, maybe four or five years older. Okay, so they're probably, you know, what, what normally happens to people of our age is that we just we just kind yeah, of we stop talking tired. to our friends. We get tired. <laughs> because you just you just don't have time. So they're like, oh, yeah, that guy's still my... I, still, I can see him on Facebook. You know, he's there. Mm. I, you know, I know I know he's there. I'm just like, they forgot to keep catching up because life got in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of them deleted Facebook and all of a sudden... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of them moved and, you know, lost the number. Uh, like, There's friends of mine that I keep meaning to catch up with and I, I've been meaning, like, because I get back to my, my home area, you know, every couple of years at the moment, but normally it's, it's every year. But it's like, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get them, I'll catch up with them next time. I'll catch up with them next time. And it's been, I haven't seen, I haven't seen some of these people for 20 years, but it's going like, oh, I'll get them next time. Yeah, yeah, well... I don't know when the last time I saw my in-laws, and they just lived down the road. So the wrong, yeah, but on the other side of a certain on the um, wrong side of the track, on a certain demilitarized fucking barbed wire uh, <laughs> well, look, guarded. Look, if you've if you've been East Germany versus West Germany kind of shit going on, if you've been to Tweed Heads, Cool and Gatter, that's really probably what it deserves. Anyway, I mean, razor wire would improve the place immensely. Fucking. Dogs and sniper sniper posts were probably you know we just turned the whole place into just some rural section of East Germany. I think it would actually improve it immensely. Ah uh, dear, just just run it across the ridge at Terranora. Which which alien weaponry song do we think is most accessible for the boys? Well, the thing is that there were a whole string of radio edits towards the end, which probably are the are the ones that are the most appropriate for kids so i sus- but i didn't put them in the playlist because i thought what well, we don't need duplicates but if you go to the actual album version um there's um there's kind of shorter oh, radio edits of of most of the stuff there all right so i can pick buried or go, tangaroa uh, tangaroa or hatupatu or something like that yeah oh yeah 
Well, that was a damn enjoyable week. I wish they were all that way because sometimes it can be a bit of a fucking grind. Well, if they were all that way, then all music would be good and then, then there wouldn't be any good music because all music would be the same. Well, if everybody looked the same, would, wouldn't we be tired of looking at each other? Worse to that effect? Um, it's philosophy. Think about it. Just before the Jungle album came out, I was sort of looking at my shortlist for the end of the year and going, oh, it's, it's real. Some of these are going to be a real stretch, you know, to get into the top five. And now I'm like, okay, I better start my highly commended list to add to my top five. Well, now you at least have, you, you have about, uh, you know, well, as long as you have about 10 albums to, to back to back yep. in a hammock somewhere with a beer in your hand, yeah. then we, we've done but our duty across the year. It's going to be a very enjoyable summer break, I can tell you that. I mean, when is it not? Even if you listen to this, if you like this two albums and you just listen to them back to back, it's always good. Because we will have earned it, because it's been a shit sandwich of a year. Yep. All right, Doc. Lovely to talk to you about tunes. And you, sir. Um, let's go on. I would say, given the um, the brevity of this podcast, that the um, manly bus is still stuck on the Sunshine Coast Motorway. I would hope so. <laughs> uh, Fuck those cuts. Uh, all right. Catch you later. Cheers, man. See ya. That was fun. I have, to, I have to do something to earn the... the uh, yeah, you explicit tag. tag that we have every week. Now fucking Adam's sledging me about Sean Marsh. I mean, seriously, is he trying to get preemptive? Actually, we're, we're on we're on holidays, and one of my best mates, who's probably the best dad that I know, and his kids are just these beautiful, gentle two little girls, and we, we got a bit we got a bit tasted one night, and he's you know, like, yeah, yeah, I do a bit of preemptive bullying. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? And his wife's just sitting there nodding, going, it sounds insane. But it works. <laughs> Just what he, that, he exactly says? What do you worry that for? You like a fucking idiot, sort of thing. Oh yeah, like just. Some- I try that. I try it with my, my young bloke because he, his shoes were, had worn out, and there was an old pair of shoes that the uh, the eldest had had, but had never really worn. He'd worn it once to a school camp and fallen in a river and never worn them again. And the shoes are fine. I said, why don't you wear those and we'll get you a new pair of shoes tomorrow? And he absolutely wouldn't do it. And he wanted to wear his school shoes on a mufty day. And I said, if you did that, I would bully you relentlessly. If you were in my class, I would fucking clown. I might not have said fucking, but I said, I would clown you all day for wearing that. I said, no, they don't do that in my class. Everyone's very kind. I'm like, I'm mad out of time. There needs to be more bullying so these kids understand how the fucking world works. Don't wear shiny fucking school shoes because these are shiny fucking school shoes. This is the New Zealand school system has this obsession with fucking shiny school shoes and fucking uh, blazers in high school and fake ties and stuff. It's like it's like a weird private school shit. It's wow. so weird. Literally, if you went to like the equivalent of like a generic high school, government high school, non-selective, nothing else, they'd still make you wear a fucking blazer for senior. It's like, what are we fucking doing here? Uh, We're trying least, to be uh, private schools. At least a blazer in New Zealand is defensible. Like- <laughs> 
it, yeah, fair enough. Get, Except when you get, get the bill for it, like, like my my yeah, my, right. uh, my eldest has been sick all week. He's been sick for quite a while, unfortunately. He's, he's, uh, the fucking the assistant principal email saying, "Can you make sure he he comes to school so we can measure him for his blazer?" I'm like, in his current what? state, the fucking his measurements for his blazer aren't that fucking important to me, mate. And they're like, "No, we measured him up. They cost two hundred and thirty five dollars each. Can you please send the money to the office?" Uh. <laughs> I, I can, like, one of my most vivid memories ever, because, like, I didn't come to Brisbane that much. And if I did go to Brisbane, we mostly went to Birkdale, because that's where my family's cousins were. And Birkdale, Birkdale and Brisbane, as I found out later, are not quite the same thing. No. Anyway, no, so, it's, it's, like, it's like going to, like, Stone's Corner and thinking that's fucking... So, so the first time Slack's I was... Creek. At, I was at Central Station and all the private school kids have come out of school and I've turned to my mate and gone, is it like some sort of weird fucking, you know, fancy dress day in Brisbane that that we missed in Glasgow? Why are these cunts are wearing stupid hats? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Why are they wearing fucking coats in January? Coats in January in Brisbane? Yes. I was like... This is this is a joke, right? No, no, no. This is this is what they do. I was like, and it's almost like their obsession with adhering to it is part of the bit. It shows how dedicated they are to the bit. I mean, I had a mate who was um, who I who I flattered with in in Sydney, but she was um, she was ex Somerville House, and they had like the fucking the the horrible kind of Kawasaki green jackets and the stupid boaters and all the rest of it. And you think. In what world is this appropriate for rocking through South Brisbane in when it's it's like thirty nine degrees and, and your eye your fucking eyelashes are melting off? Yeah, so we're sitting here commenting on this, and I was in a pair of footy shorts, thongs, and a singlet, and I was hot, and I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck is going on?" I just don't. I, it just absolutely it continues to baffle me to this day, and that was a many, many, many days ago. But anyway, saying so I like telling it's, that story to, to to private school kids, to, to ex-private school like, people. Wh- too, why are you just- people like you are? They got a sense of superiority because of it. But the, what I did never understand when I moved to New Zealand was that the the public schools are buy into it too because they are trying to be like that. Yeah, right. It's like what, what, why, why are we doing this? Anyway, anyway, this was our um. Our week in education podcast. Hope everyone's yeah, enjoyed. Week in bitching about being charged two hundred thirty, being charged more than I've ever paid for an item of clothing, for a jacket my son will never want to wear. Uh, all right, I will upload this forthwith. Lovely talking to you. Ta- I'll catch you next week. Cheers, man.